Hey everyone, this is Andre Matoyer, and welcome to another episode of the Bear Share Show. Today I am joined by the funny, awesome, amazing Stevie Larson. How are you today, Stevie? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Podcasts are fun, so <laughs> they are. happy to be here. Thanks, man. So I wanted to bring you on today because I wanted to talk about something that I think is a huge part of the LGBTQ community, and I know a huge part of the bear community as well. And I think people after this podcast today may realize that they themselves, even though they might not think traditionally, may also be gamers. And so this is sort of the whole premise behind today's conversation. And also, since I have Steven here, uh, maybe we can get a little bit more insight into what it's like being in the video game industry. So that being said, I wanted to have you come on. And first, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your first experience with video games? Because um, I know that you are now in video games professionally. So when it comes to video games, what was your first experience with video games and playing them for the very first time? So very first gaming experience ever, uh, I remember my I was over at my aunt's house, and they said, oh, yeah, there's a video game downstairs if you want to play it, because um, I was kind of bored and all the adults were doing yeah. stuff. And I can't remember how old I was. I think it was probably like maybe five or six years old. And I just remember going downstairs and seeing this gold cartridge. And I was just like, what is this? And I plugged it in, and it was a Legend of Zelda. So, and I was, just, and I was just remember listening to music, and I was just like, what is this game? And then, you know, taking the sword, and then like shooting out like these these little sword, these uh, lightning swords. I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And what was your first uh, gaming console? The first system we had ever was a Super Nintendo. Uh, we, and Mine too. Uh, we 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 bought that for my uncle. Yeah. And uh, I think ever since then, we, we I, we've always just been. I, I kind of grew up always Nintendo people, yeah. you know. Like uh, Nintendo was just always my favorite. Well, I love the characters, especially and in the nineties. That was like, you know, everyone had a Nintendo. It was like Nintendo, oh, yeah. Super Nintendo, sixty four. Um, my first system was also the Super Nintendo. Um, like mm-hmm. Super Mario is probably still one of my favorite games ever because it's my first game that I ever played, and I just thought it was great. The graphics still hold up. I mean, it's a great 2D looking game. You know, it's just, it's oh, a yeah. lot of fun. I still sometimes play it on an emulator. You know, um, it's just it's, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. But those are the kind of memories that we grew up with, you know, having those systems and having those experiences at a younger age, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I remember growing up in Maryland, um, back east, I remember. You know, when we got the Nintendo six, when the Nintendo sixty four came out, and playing with uh, my friends and playing Super Smash Brothers, and uh, you know, and like how that was just this uh, the cherry on top. You know, when it came to like really developing these awesome uh, friendships with my with my best yeah. friends. And, you know, being able to, like, the couch gaming and, you know, with it having four controllers, you know, four yep. people playing games at Mario once, Kart, you know, it's 64. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, video games were a great way as a kid to make friends. You know, if you had the latest console, everyone was coming over to your house, you know, your parents were going to order some pizza, and then, you know, that was, like, your Friday night when you were, like, a young kid. You know what I mean? Everyone would come over, like you said, Smash Bros., Mario 64 Goldeneye, that was another one that was really big back in the Nintendo days. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But even like if you had a Sega Genesis, people would come over and play Mortal Kombat or Lion King or Aladdin or something like that. So, yeah, like, I, I mean, there was there was times even like when we when one person would be playing, uh, you know, Star Fox, mm -hmm. and we would just be watching, yeah. you know, and we would take turns, and that was just as much, and and that was still. Uh, you know, because and because sometimes we sometimes we get tired, or sometimes yeah. like we go and play outside and then come back yep. in, you know, and yep. uh, yeah, no, it's but no, like uh, I mean, play was always it was a huge part of my life growing up, and I, I think me as a gay man, you know, I think that play is kind of a a release, like there's something authentic about play. I call it like escapism, you know, get your mind off of stuff. I mean, there's 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 like two kinds of escapism. There's the escape escapism where you're trying to run away from something, and then there's mm -hmm. the escapism where you're trying to you're escaping to be empowered. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. And and the and and you hopefully take that back with you when you're done escaping. And you know, I I think that I think that play gives us an opportunity to uh, opportunity to be empowered like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So it's obvious that video games have been a huge impact on both of us since we were kids and growing up and now even as adults. And um, I mentioned earlier that you do video games professionally. So what made you sort of want to take that leap from playing games to wanting to be in the video game industry? I was in college for a while trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew that I, I served an LDS mission. And after my LDS mission, Ooh. I... You're a Mormon, huh? Yeah. After my mission, I uh, was looking at, you know, I was actually looking at BYU, mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to go into animation. But I, I thought, like, oh, man, it'd be so cool to work at Pixar, because Pixar's mm -hmm. a great place DreamWorks, to work. any of those things. Yeah. Um, and then once I got into my program, I we had the opportunity to work on either the video game or the movie, or our little short, or animated short, mm -hmm. and... Once I got once I got a taste for game development, because uh, and because at this time it actually coincided with me actually playing more games because uh, I remember my teacher being like, "Hey, if you're not playing video games, you need to be because that's an integral part of research wow. and, uh, and of our I career." I would love that homework assignment. That's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I started. I and I before that point, I hadn't really played many of the indie games that people were talking about, and like I remember just like people were always talking about Journey and that being a big yeah. influence for their game career. So this is and like the PS3 360 era. It's about the time that uh, I really got into my animation program. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was the end of the PS3. The end of the PS3, beginning of the PlayStation 4 era. And, um, you know, the, there's all these games that I hadn't played before that people were talking about. It's like, okay, so I got I to try these games out. And once I got into these, like, into the indie scene and seeing what ind independent game developers are doing, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. Like they're doing stuff. Like I, they're, they're, they're playing around with game design in a way that I hadn't really experienced until up until that point where they're telling the story through the actions that you take as a character. Uh, you know, I was like, this is the first time I played portal and portal mm -hmm. two. The first time I was playing a, a lot of these uh, games are really pushing uh, what it means to tell that narrative. And then, you know, once I was a senior, I started playing uh the Last of Us, and oh, that was yeah. that blew my mind as well. Mass Effect. Actually, yeah. next month they're yep. doing I, the um, re-release or the remaster. I'm so excited. Those games were 
phenomenal storytelling super interesting see and that and the, and mass effect is another one of those that i didn't get around oh. to so now that there's a remaster now that i know there's it. a remaster we'll release i gotta get <laughs> yeah absolutely i gotta gotta get to yeah, it please do so you ended up you know falling in love with video games not just playing them but also like you wanted to create them so what do you do officially now so worked uh, as a ui designer for a software company and then i worked as a as a contractor doing UX design. Um, so I've, I've done, uh, you know, I was working in software development and, you know, it just, but the thing was, I just knew where my love, my passion was, my love was. And so I moved out to California and I'm still, I'm still trying to make, make it, make do with my, with my career. But I was like, okay, I got to find a good stepping stone to help grow my career, you know, eventually get into games, um, you know, but something that's fulfilling and, I discovered a job where I could teach animation and 3D uh, software and principles to um, uh, adults on the autism spectrum. That is awesome. That's absolutely amazing, and I'm sure very, very rewarding. That's super cool. Yeah, it's it's super awesome. It's a great job, a great company to work for, and it's an, I feel just privileged to work with uh, these in, these human beings, you know, on the autism spectrum, uh, it's just, I, I feel like I learn something from them every day and it's just super cool to see how they grow yeah. and, you know, inspiring. So that's awesome. Yeah. And they want to be there, you know, like they're trying and that's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you meet one person with autism, you've, you've met exactly one person with autism. You know, uh, it's a spectrum. Okay. There's, there's all sorts of the, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. And so I don't want I don't like talking about generalities. Okay, you know, I, this is, this is one generality I will say is that typically with a lot of my students and people I've met, they're on the autism spectrum. They are just the most genuine people you'll ever meet. And that is a, completely refreshing. Steven, th dude, that's such a cool job. Like, I'm sure your students are super fortunate and lucky to have such an amazing teacher be patient and be um, there for them. So I think that's great. Kudos to you. Um, that being said, I'm curious just kind of to know more about your perspective and a little bit about how you got into the video game industry. I know it may seem like an easy industry to get into, but it's not. So uh, share with me your experience with getting into it. So, uh, getting into the games industry, it's it's hilarious. Like it's hilarious to me when I look at it uh, objectively, because you know, typically, you know, there's there's a lot of crunching games, long hours. It's very exhausting. The pay can sometimes be good, <laughs> but sometimes isn't great. Like unless you own the company and you're one of the big wigs and you're executive, then Hey, it, games, it make games makes a ton of money. Gotcha. Um, you know? And so it's like funny because it's definitely a job that you get into because you love it. and You can't imagine doing anything else, which is exactly why I'm trying to get into games. I actually, it's why I moved out to Los Angeles. I, you know, I moved out here because a lot of the companies I've I've been interested in working for are you know located here. There's Blizzard, there's Riot, there's Santa Monica Game Studio. Mm -hmm. um, back at my decision, I was like, this is a great place for me to grow my career. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's obvious to me that video games have had a really big impact on you. And me and you are both about the same age, right? I'm 33, 
your yeah, yeah exactly. thirty four here. Yeah. So we both grew up with video games. Um, I know that if you were to ask your parents at you know when they were in their thirties, someone who played video games probably might get looked down upon. Like, what are you doing? Why are you acting like a kid? And to their credit, video games were often advertised to kids. You know what I mean? They pick games like Ninja Turtles or you know stuff that was popular for kids at that time. Even though Mortal Kombat was exactly you know, made at that time, and well, so... Mortal Kombat's why we have <laughs> ratings on games. You know, like that was the oh, whole yeah. reason why we have M for Mature and T for Teen, all that stuff. So, like, obviously that wasn't the case back then, but that was still the stigma. What I've noticed now, though, is that because we've grown up with them, like we don't see it that way. Plus, the technology's gotten better. So, do you think that? It's just for kids. Uh, absolutely okay. not. I, you know, when it comes to games, I think games are inclusive, yeah. and that really they're for everyone. Uh, you know, games, uh, you know, just as play is for everyone. I mean, if you look at if you look at the language uh, at, at uh, other languages and look at the history of the word play and just the idea of play. You know, which is where games come from. I mean, it's also where sports comes from. But um, you know, for other, you know, there's there is obviously a distinction uh, of child of play with children and children's games versus you know what adults play in sports yeah. and competitions and contests. Uh, but you know, at at its at its fundamental form, play is for everyone. Absolutely, and. Uh, Video games are, is far too big <laughs> to be. Is, is video games are far is is far too expansive and big to just be for kids. Oh, totally! It's one of the most you know like, largest I think entertainment industries, if not the largest, I believe. Um, Absolutely! Oh no! Yeah, it's, right? it's yeah. Like... Video the video game industry it makes it makes more than. Music and television and film combined. You you take all those industries combined, and they still don't make as much money as as video games yeah. do. That's just nuts. I mean, and that t just tells you how popular it is. You know, video games in general. So, I also think the term gamer needs to be changed from that stigma because games are just more like ubiquitous. You can find them everywhere. So, like, mm -hmm. you know. Before, we used to have to buy a Super Nintendo to only play games on the Super Nintendo or the Sega. But now I can just go on my phone and download, you know, Candy Crush, if anyone still plays that or whatever. And technically, right. even though I'm sitting at, you know, the checkout line just waiting to kill some time at the grocery store, I can play a round of Candy Crush. That technically makes me a gamer. You know, the same thing with the, Absolutely. the, the mom with her kids, you know, just sitting there, like if she wants to play, you know, Candy Crush in the, wherever she's at, the car wash, that makes her technically a gamer. I think people just don't see it that way because it's like, oh, that's, that's not like a hardcore game. That's just a casual thing. Well, no, it's still a video game. It's a screen. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely yeah. correct. I, I'll, I'll, t I tell that to my friends that say, oh, I'm not a gamer. I'm just like, hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you play games on your on your cell phone? It's like, oh yeah, obviously. Yep. And it's like, well, that makes you a gamer. <laughs> and you know, and then and there's there's the gatekeeping of like the hardcore gamers that 
you know that that play Call of Duty or whatnot, and they 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 kind of want to hold on to that title, and it's like, well, guys, you're still gamers, but so is the mom that's playing Candy Crush, exactly. you know, yeah. uh, you know, and um, they don't think of it that way, but it's very you know, it's you're a different quality of gamer, and that's okay, yeah. you know, it's there's nothing like there's, there's, your your space is not going to be invaded upon by a bunch of soccer moms just because you like Call of Duty, you know what I mean, yeah. and just because she's a gamer too. I I tell my friends, I tell them, you know, you are a gamer. You just have to find the right. You just haven't found the right game yet. Yes, you know? and the reason is is because to me, games are pretty much like any other art form. Like I was telling this to a friend of mine that I hung out with recently, who's not a video gamer, and I'm like, that's cool. But I look at it as the same thing as a good movie, a good book. It you know, it's a good piece of entertainment that if it captures your attention and if you're invested, it can provide that really good. Um, moment and that good experience just like a good book could be or a good movie could provide you know same sort of thing i tell people that all the time i'm like it's just another art form like anything else absolutely you know and it's one of the most popular ones and like you can even compare video games to like sports even though i know a lot of people don't like that because they're like oh sports are physical and games are just sitting there but like there's that entire whole esports industry and that is like insane. That whole thing is is huge. Oh yeah. Like that shit like there's kids or early adults making ridiculous amounts of money playing like what's the big ones like um League of Legends stuff like that, right? Like Oh yeah. League of Legends, Fortnite. uh Dota, uh, Fort uh yeah. Fortnite, uh the their uh, Rocket League Oh, is Rocket League. One. I didn't know that one actually. I, oh yeah, no Rocket League. Rocket League has had has wow. uh, a professional league. Wow. I mean, yeah, there's the you know Overwatch League, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, all uh, there's there's all sorts of games that are now you know played competitively, yeah. and that's you know. Do you think the pandemic has let people maybe push people more into try out gaming? I think so. I don't know if I've seen it firsthand, so, but. I would definitely think so. I know that um, the pandemic has introduced a boom for uh, the video games industry. I know. Uh, I remember reading that within the first uh, three months of the of the pandemic starting, um, I, uh, Nintendo made I think four hundred and ninety one percent in profits. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you couldn't find a switch at all. Like, in the oh yeah, of the pandemic. you couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I bought I bought mine from a friend. <laughs> I actually I sold mine to my roommate, and I ended up getting a PS5. Yes, I was lucky. I got one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, which by the way, those are still hard to find. Same with the new Xbox. Like, so I I, oh, I yeah. would agree with you. I think people are like, oh hey, I've been stuck inside. Maybe I found a game that I like. Um, with gaming too, there's a lot of genres. So maybe you aren't into sport games or racing games, but you're super into fighting games or action games or vice versa. Or mm -hmm. I think it's just really good to find the one that maybe hits your spot. Right. I, and I, and I would encourage, I would encourage people to play games that they're not used to playing, oh. uh, you know, because uh, especially in the indie scene, it's, it's kind of interesting because we have the Oscars every year that people tune into. And the nice thing about the Oscars is that, uh, because it's publicized and everybody watches it, um, you know, it, it, it encourages people to 
try a movie that they normally wouldn't try. Oh, true. Right. And we don't quite have that with video games yet, even though we do have the Game Developers Choice Awards and we do have the Game Awards that will highlight these talents of really interesting, interesting, yeah. innovative games that are doing something, something different. Um, that there isn't a whole there it, because it doesn't have that same level of prestige and publicity that the Oscars has. Uh, some of these games don't go don't go played, yeah. um, or aren't played by your typical gamer. That I kind of wish would ha- would change, or yeah. you know, even your, your casual gamers trying out games like you know, The Curse of the Oberdin, uh, Her Story. <laughs> yeah, no, and and both and both of those games, The Curse of the Oberdin, uh, Oberdin and Her Story, they're these really interesting uh, detective dedu- uh, deductive deductive reasoning games where you're trying to figure out uh, why uh, the, these mysteries, so to speak. Interesting. Um, yeah, super cool stuff. Uh, Baba is you is another is another game that I think is super fascinating uh, that totally messes with your brain in the, all the right ways. Uh, so yeah, it, but, uh, eventually I, that's something that I, that I wish that I would see more of is people trying games, like treating games, like how they treat movies. Like, you know, what? I haven't tried the, I haven't tried this one before yeah. it got some rewards. Let's well, check it out. There's indie movies. You know? There's indie games, you know, a lot yeah, of those exactly. are like word of mouth too. They don't have as high yeah. of like advertising budget. So you, they kind yeah. of stay under the radar. Yeah. It's very similar, actually. It, you know, it's all an entertainment industry. They all have to do the same thing to get people to play their game or watch their movie. It's very, very similar. So I think it's really important to bring up the fact that video games bring people together. Um, and that came into play especially over the past year with the pandemic. So, Stevie, I really want to say thank you for uh, – this is how we got to know each other was through our Overwatch uh, chat and playing that game with our friends That's right. in LA. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I, my roommate is a big PC gamer, which is great, but he played overwatch back when it came out like 2016, 17, something like that. And I would watch him play and go, okay, that's cool. But I never would have thought to play that game. Um, which is funny. Cause you were saying, try a different game that you might normally not. Well, very recently, like a few months ago, um, one of the guys gave me an extra copy and, Lo and behold, I've been playing with you guys, and it's a lot of fun. I'm like, wow, how come I missed out on this? <laughs> like, it's great. It's it's a solid yeah. game. It's a, a game that they've that they've just finely tuned, and it works out great. But you know, <laughs> being in the pandemic and not being able to see people, like I haven't really left or gone out since January to do anything. Um, like right. this, that was great. You know, just being able to be like, hey, we're gonna jump on. You know, it's a Thursday, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm I'm bored. Let's do this, you know? Um, that's been yeah, and, yeah, and for me, like, I, I, like, I have lived in, um, let's see, right now I live in the valley in Los Angeles, uh, the San Fernando Valley, yeah. and uh, when I moved here, it was kind of, it was, it wasn't too long before the pandemic started. And I've moved around a lot. I know how long it takes me to get settled before I feel like I have a community of friends and a sense of belonging. And it usually takes me about nine months. Okay. Well, the pandemic really uh, hindered that a lot. I can imagine, yeah. So I've been looking for friends, and I've been trying to, f- to develop more friendships, which is 
And so when I saw that uh, a couple of guys in this in this uh, in there was a, there was this Friday the thirteenth um, GTA group, yeah. and I didn't have either of those games, and I was just, but I was like okay, but I should try to get one because you know I need to make more friends, mm-hmm. and that would be really emotionally healthy yeah. for me. Well, then a couple of them got started playing Overwatch, and then I was just like okay, I'm gonna get Overwatch on the PlayStation yeah. Four, um, so that way I can start playing with these guys. And then I—that's when I created the chat, and then invited a bunch of people. Uh, invited a bunch of people, and that the—the the irony is that I created a—I created the chat to play uh, Overwatch with friends that I and uh, I still haven't made, made enough time to play with you guys. <laughs> I did at first, yeah. but I know, man. I—it's—I gotta take. I need to. It's uh, self-care. I really need to. I, get, I need to put myself out yeah. there so that way. Uh, so I would develop these friendships because you know it's important. But uh, no, Overwatch has been. Um, I mean, it's always been one of my favorite games. I I got it when I pre-ordered it. When I saw when it, as soon as pre-orders came out, I pre-ordered it. When I saw the uh, the first trailer for it, which was more like an animated yeah. short, I was just I fell in love. I was like, I don't even know what game this is. I just know I love Blizzard and I love yeah. and the the fact that there's a new intellectual property, so there's an it's a new original mm-hmm. idea. From them, which is they're a great company, so and yeah. they've never done no, that it, before, it, this type of shooter thing. They're usually more like right. over the camera top stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, and so I was I was I I, I was just and like I fell in love with the story. <laughs> I fell in love with the story that you only really get to experience bits and pieces of in, you know, once a year as part of the archives event. <laughs> but yeah. I fell in love with this world and I, the character design. I was just like, oh, man, I just I, I don't know what this is, but I love it. Yeah. And it just became my yeah. thing. And uh, now I have Overwatch posters on my wall and uh, Overwatch Funkos mm-hmm. and, you know. Well, I hit you up a couple weekends ago because I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on or what, what any of these characters are. I just play it with you guys. But, you know, it was cool to see, like, the lore. But that's the whole thing, right? Like, these gaming worlds have stories, just like a movie. There's a lot to it. But, I, you know, being this generation of millennials where we've grown up with games, you know, I think, it, look, look at us now. Like, we've been using that as a way to stay connected. Um there's a Absolutely. lot of people in that group I still haven't met yet in person, you know, like I'm looking forward to that happening once the pandemic's over and, and things are more open, but you haven't even met me I in person know, yet. You're one of them for <laughs> sure. Um, but like, you know, that's something I'm grateful for. And I think that um, the younger generations are going to be similar to us, like the Gen Z and whatever's after, because they're just going to grow up with it. So you know, that stigma of it being just for kids, I think is going to go away fairly soon. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, you can already see it with uh, how with the video game adaptions. Oh yeah, the movies. Um, whether that's yeah. yeah, the movies or even like the or the Netflix shows is yep. like Castlevania or Dota. Um, um, what was the other one they just did with uh, Superman, uh, Henry Cavill, Witcher? Oh yeah, Witcher. Although Witcher, although they're based, although the Witcher Netflix series is basing it more off the the books, not the not 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 the Mortal Kombat just came out this past weekend. Yes, yes, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan, like insane. Um, Like I play Mortal Kombat at least once a week, Um, and yeah, that came out. It was okay. It was fine. 
Yeah, it was. It. I. I think it was superior to the '90s movie. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, like it. I would have like. I think. I think. Uh, I, I think to get everything that you want into a video game uh, adaption, uh, a series would be better suited for that than a, I than a movie. Said the same thing. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot like, you could do. Uh, kind of like. Yeah, like a series, I think works well to tell a good story because there's so much detail going on in video games that you have to cut oh, yeah. stuff or make stuff up to like fit, and it just doesn't quite work. Versus if you just tell the damn story the way it was written, it, it, there's a reason why people like it. You know, just give yourself four more hours to tell it in a series. You know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. the world. I mean, the, you spend forty hours in the world of a video game. You know, on average, yeah. oftentimes even more than that. Uh, you know, and so and the, and so you have this enriched world, and you know how do you try to condense that to a two-hour movie? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it just it's it fits so much better as a series. Yeah, absolutely, so. yeah. I'm looking forward to the Uncharted one too. But the point is, is like there's an audience which tells you how big gaming is because studios wouldn't make these movies. Like, oh, Tomb Raider was a recent one too. I actually like that one. I thought that was fine. Um, I actually didn't see that it's, one. It's good. I mean, it's is it the best thing ever. No, but it's it's a solid adventure movie, and it was it was well done. I thought, you know, so like there's, there's an audience for that, which tells you just how big gaming is. Um, I wanted to ask you, there's a huge LGBTQ, um, following with games. Why do you think that is? Do you think like, why do you think maybe it impacts LGBTQ people more? Like there's like a huge, you know, gamer community. Well, I think that, you know, for a lot of, um, queer perspectives and queer voices, I, I think that the game, a gaming community, you know, offers you a safe place to have to really speak to that voice. Okay. And, uh, and like I said before, there's something empowering and safe about it. Yeah. I mean, it's before we could, before, you know, we, we, before many of us could even entertain the idea of going on a date with some of the same sex, you know, we could live out those fantasies in The Sims. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Actually, <laughs> and, Mass Effect was the first time that I legitimately could play a gay character. Like, the hero right. of the story could be a, a homosexual. Right. I think, I, I think that in many ways, uh, you know, it's because of, you know, and then there's something about, there's something to be said about, uh, you know, games offering that escapism to offer you that safe space from, you know, trauma that you might experience uh, being, being an, an LGBTQI individual, uh, helping you to explore parts yourself, um, you know, and then, and then when, you know, playing online with friends, you know, I mean, gay slurs are often used as insults. That's unfortunate. You know, so seeking, it yeah. is. In some cases, it's automatic and they don't realize it. Like there's a, a XQC, I think is his name. He was a Overwatch League player and he let out a gay slur wow. once and, and he got suspended for oh, it. Okay. Um, but he kind of, but and he, and, and, you know, and he apologized later and said that, you know, it was just something automatic that, that came out, but he kind of put his money where his mouth was. And he's like, all right, like I'm going to do a charity stream and this is going to go to a, a, go to a gay charity, you know, and right. that was kind of him reconciling for what he, for what he said, That's you know? Good. So yeah. I don't think that, you know, every, you know, um, straight cis 
gamer out there is necessarily trying to be malicious when they use these gay slurs. They just don't have that understanding of of how that it com- compromises a, sa- a feeling of safety for someone that's trying to escape yeah. that. And they're, I don't and, think maybe they realize how big of an, like community in the gaming world LGBTQ people are. Right. I don't think they. Do, I don't think they know that yeah. either. Um, and but I think that's also one of the reasons why you know gay uh, gay communities are kind of set up that way. I think the other reason why is because for at least for me personally, I'm not. I don't drink. Okay. And I don't I don't do drugs. I don't uh then so uh, when it comes to me and gay spaces, I don't it's hard for me to find a gay space that I really enjoy. Oh. But one of those spaces is and where I actually met my ex-boyfriend was at a video game a gay video game thing. Right and on. um okay. you know, and that's and that's kind of my space. It's a space where I'm just like, "Oh, hey, I'm not really into drinking. I'm not really into all this other stuff." I love video games and this is a place that I where I feel like I can connect even though I'm not really a mainstream even though I I, I have a hard time fitting into the quote-unquote mainstream like the gay bar scene which is right it's so hard to (laughs) gay dating sucks in general but then like people meet in bars because that's a place you know most people there are gay and then I love that you were able to find someone outside of that that's that's great it was it was still a barcade, but I yeah, but, but I could I could do I could do stuff that I could do I didn't have to drink yeah, exactly. you know what I mean and I don't and I don't have to and you know I've been to the Eagle I've been to the precinct and I you know felt comfortable there I didn't feel like I was weird or anything I didn't drink and so I was bored you know and uh, but at the barcade you know where it's where which is great because it's inclusive you know I we could didn't have to drink I could just do what I love doing and then hang out with friends. And that was great. And then a cute guy asked me to hold his beer and then we hit it off. And then we dated for a great six months. And then we had a nice mutual breakup and we're still friends today. So six months is like eight years in the gay world. I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, Well, cool. So what do you see like for gaming in the future? Uh, Where do you see that going? Uh, I think VR is going to blossom. Okay. Uh, once once it really hits strides with the consumer market, VR is definitely going to is definitely going to be the future for uh, gaming and experiences. I think it's I think it will it's going to be the it's, I think VR will be really interesting because it will blend kind of uh, in between games and movies. I think there's there'll be a lot of experiences in VR where it's not where it's just meant to be experienced. And I'm excited for that because I would love I'd love to see what cure what uh, you know LGBT voices and developers uh, create with that, especially to offer a unique perspective that yeah. I wouldn't be able to normally have. When I when I went to the Game Developers Conference, um, there was the these the, there was the the this Chicago developer that was that wanted to create. A VR experience that was uniquely showed the perspective of persons of color. Oh, I don't even know how and, you would program that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, and uh, so it was kind of cool to, to to put on the headset and to uh, to play the to play this uh, young um, this young person of color and to just get uh, uh, to see you know his life through his eyes 
in in Chicago, you know, and what was like being being uh, being in a neighborhood, a traditionally black neighborhood, and you know the tensions of 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 with law enforcement and that type of thing, and um, you know, and I I think that that's I think that's really really great. I think that you know that VR is going to is going to uh, open up a lot of avenues to really um, empower minority voices and uh, you know and then also just be plain old fun as well. Yeah. Um, I recently played the Oculus Quest too for the first time. Absolutely yeah. blown away. Like I was expecting it to be okay. It was phenomenal. In fact, I think it, you know kind of like cell phones. I think that's going to turn people into gamers you know, that don't normally consider themselves one either. <laughs> that, that thing is yeah. awesome. Like my sister tried it too. And I think that we are going to buy it for our parents because we, I know that they'll love it and they, they're not oh, yeah. like video gamers, but like, I think they would absolutely lose their shit over it. So yeah. And that's VR. And I think you're hundred percent right. I think that's definitely going to be the future. I hope it is. Um, you know, it, ugh, it's so cool. It's super cool. Like, and and we're we're just at the beginnings of that technology. Which is so crazy, it's already yeah better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so yeah, it's nuts. Um, well, thank you so much, Stevie, for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I really appreciate your perspective on the video game world as someone who's in it, um, who teaches people with autism. I think that's great, and hopefully, you get to use that as a stepping stone to your next big position and get to make the next cool game, maybe the next cool VR game, which would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty yeah. awesome. But thanks for, ha- thanks for having me on the show, Andre. I had a great time yeah. and love talking about games and it was a yeah. good time. Well, so I think the point is today is that video games are for everyone and everyone is a gamer. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, thanks so much. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and thanks for listening to another episode of the bear share show. Uh, if you're interested in ever being a guest on the bear share show, please feel free to email me at the bear share show at gmail.com. And then also feel free to follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube. And um, I'm available to listen to you on both Spotify and Apple music and uh, Facebook as well. So thank you so much. And I hope all of you have a great night. Thank you again so much, Stevie. No problem. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you.